We now submit ourselves to the words of God's law as we find them in the Ten Commandments. In the Ten Commandments as we find them in Exodus 20. We open God's word and we read what he declares to us. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath To the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Our Lord Jesus Christ summarized this with the words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Let's now respond to the words of God's law by singing Psalm 51, the verses 3 and 4. The scripture reading for this morning is taken from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 5, the verses 12 to 16. The passage that we're looking at today comes within the context of the first part of Jesus' ministry, his first year. And he spends this part of his ministry preaching throughout the synagogues of Galilee and Judea. He's declared himself already with his opening sermon in Luke chapter 4 to be the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, the one who had said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And with this as his inaugural sermon, he's gone out preaching all over the countryside. Just prior to this, he has had the occasion to call the first of his disciples as he preached on the 
shore, just off of the shore of the Lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee is another name for this. And then he has moved on from there and he continues to preach. And then we come to our passage here, Luke chapter 5, the verses 12 to 16. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one but to go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So far the word of God. In response to God's word, reflecting on the state of the leper, as we sing, let's now sing together also with the words of Psalm 88, the verses 1, 3, 4, and 8. My closest friend is darkness dreary. This would have been very much on the heart of the leper as he comes to Jesus Christ. And yet we come to our text here in Luke 5, verse 13. And we read, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, have you ever had the feeling, if people really knew the skeletons in my closet, they would never accept me? If they knew what I'm struggling with, they would probably keep their distance and look at me funny for the rest of my life. This is the way that we can sometimes feel at times. Maybe we carry a weight of shame which no one else can see. Maybe we have a struggle with faith. Maybe there is another struggle that we have. And this struggle drags us down at the most unexpected of moments. We begin to tell ourselves the lie that our sins or our other struggles make us worthless. You know, we might not really be the picture of the leper. We might not literally have to shout to keep people at a distance like this poor leper in our passage was condemned to do for life by his disease. But we can certainly do it all the same. It can be easier to hold people at a distance, having our relationship colored by what we've experienced 
by what we've done. And the question arises in our hearts. Are we beyond redemption? Are we forever beyond restoration to God's people? Is there no end in sight? Not too long before our passage today, Jesus had called four disciples to follow him. If you're familiar with that passage, you may remember how you may remember how he told Simon, who was called Peter, to throw his net over the other side of the boat in the middle of the day after he had been fishing all night long. They hadn't been so sure that that would be a good idea because they hadn't caught anything in the entire time that they were fishing. But the miraculous haul of fish that they take in causes Simon to fall on his knees. He had been a fisherman all his life. He knew divine power at work in the fishing industry when he saw it. And in the face of divine power, he cries out, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Jesus tells him, Do not be afraid. And he calls him to follow him. But today we run into a man who's in a much worse situation than Simon. This is not the average hard-working man. This is not the man who works for a living, who looks to the Lord every day for the provision for his crew, for his family. This is someone who's got leprosy. There are quite a number of skin diseases that fall under the Greek and Hebrew words for leprosy. Essentially anything that turns your skin white and went deep enough to turn even the hair white and to open sores on your body, that was enough. Some you could recover from, but in the case of the really bad situations, this was basically a death sentence in the ancient world. If you truly had leprosy covering your whole body, it would only be a matter of time before the disease led to infections, which led to death. And the life that you led during this time was one of utter aloneness, isolation, abandonment. This was the situation of the leper who's coming to Jesus. And yet we see a flutter of hope rise up in his chest. Because this man had found out that Jesus was near. Beloved of God, here again today, witnessing the faith of a man full of leprosy, we are once again reminded of this truth under the following theme and points. Christ says, I am willing, be cleansed. We'll see, first of all, the life of the unclean, second, the cry of the unclean, and third, our Lord who makes clean. Now, as we saw a moment ago, the man we're introduced to today seems to have been one of these cases without hope of recovery. We read that this man didn't just have a spot of leprosy on him. He was covered in leprosy. The disease had progressed to filling his whole body. Now, on the simple physical level, this would have been incredibly painful. 
Leprosy causes open sores to, that stand out on your skin. And as the leprosy, leper in our passage was full of leprosy, he would have been covered in painful oozing sores all over his body. But it wasn't just painful physically for this leper. On a spiritual level, this would have been painful as well. He was considered unclean because of his disease according to the law. God had used uncleanness before his people as a living picture of what sin was like. It's contagious nature. It's tendency to get people alone and to cut them off from the rest of the people of God. This is what sin does. There were many ways in which you could become unclean, but for most of them you could find a way to be cleansed. For most of them, there was a symbol of restoration between you and God, and you could be returned to God's people. For this leper, however, since his whole body was covered in sores, he was essentially a walking dead man. He would be treated no differently from a corpse. Anybody who came into contact with him would become unclean. Unless he could find proof that the leprosy had left him, he had no hope of rejoining the people of God. And the way that it filled his whole body, he had no hope of ever being restored, humanly speaking. Being considered by the law as unclean, he wouldn't be able to join in with the celebrations. He wouldn't be able to go up to the temple to worship. He couldn't offer sacrifices of praise to God. He'd be cut off from the religious life of the people of God. Year after year, as everybody else thronged together to go up to Jerusalem, he would be constantly, painfully reminded of his isolation. Every day that people saw him, he would be a living walking reminder of sin. Every day that they saw him, that would be what would spring to mind. They'd be reminded that if you held on to sin and you didn't repent, you were on the inside like this man was on the outside. Now, of course, being unclean, he was just a picture of what happened. He himself wasn't necessarily actually cut off from God. But for the person seeing him, it was a real reminder that if he held on to his sin, instead of coming in repentance, he really would be cut off from God. This was what he lived with day in and day out. And to top it all off, you had the pain... You had the spiritual isolation. To top it off, you also had the physical isolation of this man. The pain of being alone. Listen to these words from Leviticus. Leviticus 13, verses 45 to 46. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his lower face and cry, Unclean! Unclean! He shall be unclean. All the days that he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. This was his life. 
This was what he would be condemned to for the remainder of his days. From the day that he was diagnosed with leprosy to the day that he died, no one would ever touch him, no one would come near to him. In fact, he had to cry out, unclean, unclean, just to make sure that nobody accidentally came near to him and touched him. And his home, outside of the camp, or in this case, outside of the town limits in the wilderness, he was condemned to wander, to live, and to die utterly alone. Can you sympathize with this man, beloved? Feeling cut off from the people of God. Walking through them, but having it seem like everyone keeps a radius of ten feet or more. There's never a place to call home. There's never a welcoming voice. There's never a warm embrace. There's never a deep sense of love. There's only, ever and always, utter aloneness. God's word seems especially real to us in these days. When we hear the aching hearts cry, for example, of the psalmist in Psalm 88, all day long they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. The darkness is my closest friend. This would have been very, very real for the leper who joined the crowd around Jesus, crying out, unclean, and watching the crowd shrink away from him in horror. It would be weighing on his heart as he comes into the presence of Jesus himself. Would Jesus join the crowd in shrinking away from this leper? Would he put distance between his perfect righteousness and their imperfection? Fearing that he might be tainted, that he might be spoiled somehow, just by talking with them even? Despite having been raised as a carpenter, Jesus knew and understood God's word well. Being perfect in a world that's been completely corrupted by sin, he would have known and understood more deeply the significance around the whole idea of uncleanness better than anybody else who was around him. Would he shrink away from the unclean? This brings us to our second point, the cry of the unclean. The leper falls on his face in front of our perfect and pure Savior in humble submission. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What a remarkable act of faith. He, he comes to Jesus. He comes into the city, which, by the way, in itself was a risk. You could very, very... Uh, easily have somebody who tried to drive you back out of the city, maybe shouting at you or throwing stones at you. That in itself was a risk to come into a city where people were crowding around. But he comes with the confidence that if only he can make it to Jesus, he will be clean. 
What's even more remarkable than that, however, is not that he says, heal me. He doesn't say that. That in itself would have been a miracle, but that's not what he asks for. He says, Lord, make me clean. He's not just interested in being healed. You'd think that's the first priority for someone who's suffering as much as he is, who's full of pain and sores. I mean, think about it. I know that a number of you likely have experienced chronic pain, whether it's your back or whether it's something else. Being covered in leprosy the way he was, he would have been covered in sores from top to bottom, constantly in pain every moment of the day. There's a moment when chronic pain becomes background noise, you're so used to it, but you always know that it's there. It's always limiting you in some way. It's never giving you a moment's rest. But relief from his pain is not the first thing that's on his mind. What's first on his mind is to be clean. Now, you boys and girls might be wondering, obviously, leprosy needs more than a bath to wash it away. And if that was all he needed, he'd have done it a long time ago, wouldn't he? What does he mean by wanting to be clean? Well, if you wanted to be clean, you had to go to the priest and prove that you were really free from what made you unclean and then offer a sacrifice to the Lord. After the priest was done with you, then you could be said to be clean again. Just like being unclean was a living picture of sin, to be made and to have the priest say that you were clean was a picture of being made right with God. You were allowed to come back to the temple. You were allowed to live with the people of God again. You could enjoy the rich blessings and fellowship with the people of God, and even more. You could sacrifice at the temple again. You could enjoy this picture of God's forgiveness of your sins again, of being in a relationship with God again. So what do we see here? It's this man's dearest wish that he wants to become clean. He wants to join with the people coming to the temple again. He wants to say with the psalm writer in Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Or in Psalm 84 verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Because he really believes it. He means it. He wants to be with God again. He wants to worship with God's people again. And only Jesus Christ can make that happen. And so despite the constant pain that he is in, his first wish is not just to be pain-free. It's not just to be healed, but it's to be clean. This is a beautiful desire on his part. Is this the desire that we find in our own hearts? Sometimes if we're dealing with someone, with, with, with something that's a constant pain or struggle in our lives, all we can do is just hope for the day when it's gone. 
struggles with faith, anxiety, chronic pain, depression, or whatever else. But if there's no end in sight, we can really begin to lose hope because of it. But what's our desire? Is it just to be rid of the pain? Is it just to be rid of what drags us down? Or do we fix our eyes on Jesus through it all? Praying that even through this, Christ would work by His Spirit to make us clean, to make us more like Him, to draw us closer to Him and walk in His footsteps, that He would use even this. Maybe we are suffering from the consequences of our own sin. It's the only thing we want to be freed from the consequences. It's the only thing that we want to be set free from pain. Or do we want to be clean? Do we want to come to Jesus Christ for cleansing? Do we come to Him for restoration? Because if we are motivated by coming to Jesus to be clean, to be set right with God, and to be able to glorify Him even through our pain and suffering, if He chooses to leave us in that, then we can say with the leper, if Christ is willing, I will be clean. Not just things will get better. Not just I might be clean. But I will be clean. He'll teach us to worship Him even in the midst of pain and sorrow. And He shows compassion as the Lord who makes clean with the words, I am willing. Be clean. And this brings us to our third point. The Lord hears when the leper cries out to Him in His misery. But He doesn't stop there. In our passage today, we see how Jesus Christ also brings comfort to the lost. Look at what He does when he heals the leper. Look at what he does before, in fact, before he heals the leper. He touches him. Even before he actually heals him, he shows his compassion and his love towards him in reaching out and he touches him. You just didn't do that. You would become unclean according to Jewish law if you touch someone like that. You might even catch what they have. But Jesus came down not just to interact with those who had all of their things together. He came down not just for average people who were carrying out their day-to-day tasks like Simon Peter, the fisherman. He did show love to them. But he didn't stop with them. He came to reach out to those who were lost and hurting. He came to restore those who were cut off. Beloved, this is the Savior that we have. How this would have touched the leper's heart. You know, the touch of Jesus was quite likely the first touch that the leper himself had felt in years. The first caring human touch. 
that he had felt in years. Other people shrank from him. Other people ran away when he approached, calling out, unclean, unclean. But Jesus comes up to him and he reaches out and he touches him. And then the real miracle happens. Instead of Jesus becoming unclean, because that's the way it went, if you touch something that was unclean, you became unclean. But instead of Jesus becoming unclean, this man became clean. The fulfillment of Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs. Or as some translations have it, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He showed his care towards his people as he touched this man and he made him clean. As Christ followers, beloved, this is the Savior whose footsteps we follow. He's the one to whom we direct the eyes of those who so desperately need it around us. He's the one to whom we direct our eyes in our hour of need. When we run into those who confess to us with truly repentant hearts, When they speak of the sin weighing them down, we don't always know what to say. When we run into those who are struggling with other things, anxiety, depression, chronic pain, we don't always know what to say. But we can show the love and the patience and the compassion of Jesus Christ to them. Not shrinking away, fearing as if we ourselves might be contaminated as well but following in the footsteps of our Savior and our Lord. And though we ourselves might not have fixing to offer them, though we ourselves might not have words to offer them, we can point them to our Redeemer, the great physician, bearing with them patiently and walking alongside as we together learn to glorify God in whatever situation that He's placed us in. And above all, let's patiently and lovingly work to restore them to fellowship. Because that's what Jesus Christ did, isn't it? Having cleansed this leper, He sent him to the priests so that they could confirm it. So that this poor leper, having burdened, been burdened for so long, could have his heart's desire realized and be restored again to the community of believers. In Christ alone, this restoration is possible. We have value in Him. We there's a song in which the one of the lines is, Come as you are, not as you want to be. And this is how we're called to come to Jesus Christ. Not coming as we want to be. Not coming as perfect Christians who have everything figured out. Perfect Christians who are already in a good relationship with everybody around them. Who are already in a perfect relationship with their Heavenly Father. But Christians who are struggling in a very real way. Coming to Jesus Christ as they are. 
not as they want to be. And then recognizing that, to look to Him who restores us to that position where we want to be. With Him alone, that's possible. Looking through His eyes, we're able to see the value in those around us. No matter how far the world around has moved away from Him, looking through His eyes, we're able to see the value that we ourselves have in Him, no matter how far the rest of this world moves from us. They can shrink away from us. But in Him, we have value. Because in Him, and in Him alone, we're able to come home. We're able to find our perfect rest and cleansing and salvation in those beautiful words, I am willing, be clean. Amen.